Anyway, just just know. love us, even though we don't deserve five stars. You <laughs> go ahead and give us five Exact stars. <laughs> great analogy. Good job. Yeah, honestly, we just started this topic. Love begins at home. Love begins at home. Your mamas and your papas and your brothers and your sisters and your neighbors too. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Love Begins at Home. I'm Ben Briones, host, and I'm here with my buddy Jorge and my other buddy Brad, Bible Brad. Bible Brad. I should say this. You sound more deep in your voice today. I'm in a more serious tone. Should I say that? Um, well, today we are talking uh, on the theme. Of <laughs> I know, right? What? What did I, don't I do? Know, man. Now? It's, hard, it's hard to not see you. It's hard to see you like a very serious. But uh, it's yeah. okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll, let's, yeah, let's continue. Right. I you're, think you're right. serious. I can. Yeah, yeah. You, you can. You are. Yes. Well, I believe in you. Yeah. As you get older, you get more serious. <laughs> um, but today's theme on the episode is we are talking about the undeserved love that we receive from God and how where we hear that in scripture but also how we can um, show that same type of love in our everyday life using practical ways to do that and so that's what we're focusing on today but before we do that let's go ahead and start with a prayer Um, so Brad would you like to lead us in that prayer I can lead us in prayer okay yeah in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for loving us so incredibly well. For the opportunity to gather here in your name, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit down upon us, that through Ben, Jorge, and myself, that your word may be spoken. We also ask that your Holy Spirit fall upon our listeners, that through our words, which are ultimately your words, Lord, our listeners may draw closer to you and better understanding, and and perfect love. Lord, we just ask as we talk about this topic today that we can echo the words of St. Peter. Lord, you have the words of eternal life. To whom would we go? And even if we don't understand something, Lord, we know that it's true because you say it. And since you say it, we trust in it, even if we don't understand it. So we thank you for that faith, and may we walk in newness of life with you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brad, that's a great verse to share. I want you to know that that was the theme of our retreat. Was it? In the summer, yes. That's awesome. Pretty neat that you wanted to bring that up during your prayer. Holy Spirit. John 6, 68. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. right. It's a powerful verse. So when we think think about this undeserved love that we all receive, you know, I was um, thinking on this and, you know, as we are these fallen creatures in this fallen world, um, we may kind of focus on, uh, you know, well, God, if, how does this work? If, you know, if, if I'm prone to sin and I do give into temptation a lot of the time, um, you know, even it, even if I can go back to um, to God and ask Him for forgiveness, of course He's gonna say, 
he will welcome me back and he will he will love me through that but just I, I don't understand how he can love me even when I'm in the actions of, of choosing these other things and not him um, I think we can become scrupulous in that matter in our own life about thinking about all the negativity that comes from us sinning and it weighs us down into not thinking that we can't receive that love anymore from God sometimes I think that's pretty um uh, common among us as Catholics, so yeah, kind of talk about I mean, that that Catholic guilt, yeah, right? the you know, guilt of it. I, all, I right? think a lot of that comes from not understanding our own worth, mm-hmm. and as you mentioned, feeling like we have to earn that, and because mm-hmm. that's kind mm-hmm. of how our our society is based on, you know, like we the things that we receive, uh, whether it's be yeah. our money or uh, get, you know something like that, it's it's because we've we've earned it, right? We've put the time in, we've done something good, so therefore we're rewarded for that. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of part of our faith, but uh, we really wanted to talk about this topic because we've noticed that I think a lot of our youth are also struggling with this. Uh, just this idea of how could someone love me for me despite what I do? And as you mentioned, that that's mm-hmm. a really tough thing to wrap our head around because it, it is... It's so foreign and in a way not human because it's divine. And so it's really hard to to take something finite and think about something infinite Mm -hmm. like love. You know what's even more baffling is that God loves us so much that right now we're being held into existence because he loves us. Yeah. Do you ever think of that? Like he could decide to be like, ah, I'm done with this. And then well, all like, cut the string yeah, like, like in, at the end of Hercules. Yeah. What's the matter with these scissors? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but because of his love for us. Good reference. Yeah. We are we are in the now, we are present, we are here. He's holding this holding us all together literally. Um with his power. So you said hik et nunc again. Hik Here and now. Hik et nunc. Here and now. Did I say right? Hik et nunc. Hik et nunc. It's et. Okay. Hik et nunc. I C. Hik E T et N U N C. Nunc. Yeah. Hik et nunc. And for you teens out there as well, like your parents are an extension of the of the father's love for you, but it's a very imperfect love. All of us as parents. We try to love you the best that we can. Um, we do love you unconditionally, but there are moments in our own lives where we're going to fail you because we are imperfect just like you are, and we will fall short of what God calls us to be as parents. But we can always rely on the perfect love of God the Father and His mercy for us. Um, and I wanted to open it up to Bible Brad to maybe hone in on some scriptures that can give us encouragement in these times where maybe feel like, oh man, not even my parents, I feel like they don't love me right now or whatever it may be. So, um, let's figure out something. Well, Paul, St. Paul in Romans talks about justification and Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, explaining really the charisma to the Romans throughout the, that, that book. And, you know, in chapter three, he kind of talks about, uh, that really no one is made righteous by their own doing. So mm-hmm. he spends a lot of time talking about that, right? That there's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. And it, that's it's a free gift. And so uh, verse 23 of chapter 3, For all have fallen short of the glory of God, but they are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as an expiation by his blood, 
to be received by faith. Uh, and so he goes on a little bit more talking more about um, faith and justification. But then he goes into chapter five, verse eight, and he says, we know that we're loved by God because it was while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he gives this whole argument talking about a righteous man will die for a righteous man, but a righteous man may not die for an unrighteous man, but our God did because we were all unrighteous. Mm -hmm. And so his whole point at the beginning of Romans for several chapters is you don't deserve this. But that doesn't mean that you're not worthy of it and how we have to really kind of fathom that and think differently about receiving that from God. And so what he's really pointing to is God's great love that he would, you know, as Jesus says in, in John chapter three, you know, for God so loved the world that he be, he gave oh, his only God. begotten son so that those who believe in him might not perish, but have eternal life. And then even later in John chapter 10, Jesus says, I came so they might have life and have it to the full. And so like the whole reason that Jesus comes and one of the main reasons is to help us share in his divinity. And uh, St. Paul is pointing to that here in Romans. And so that's, it, it's kind of like laying that out. And so when you read Romans, Paul, I, <laughs> Paul, I've noticed... Romans can be a hard read because he uses the same word over and over again to try to distinguish between things like righteousness keeps popping up and he says it rapid fire and all of a sudden you're like, I have no idea what you just said. And, uh, and so we can kind of get lost in the way St. Paul articulates it, but that that's really one of the main places that we see it theologically drawn out. But if we're looking for a more personal account of it, uh, maybe first John like that whole, you know, God is love. And like, what does that mean? You know, um, you know, we, we love because he first loved us. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the biggest images of this unconditional love, this love of the father that is undeserved comes from Luke chapter 15, which I think we've talked about before with the prodigal son, basically telling his yeah. dad, like, I don't, I don't want anything but the stuff that you can give me like you're you're dead to me you're only good as the stuff that you that you have to give me so he goes and squanders it right and he comes back and the father in the story is looking for him and runs to him and you know the the son has this whole explanation of groveling before him like i'm so unworthy to be called your son like i've sinned against heaven against you and the father doesn't even let him finish it because he made the choice to come home and that's all that the father cares about. And I think when we look at that story, uh, a lot of us are kind of the, the brother. So at the end of that parable, you know, the, it doesn't just stop with the son returning home. It goes into his brother and his brother's angry at the father and says, I have been here the whole time. I have worked for you. I have done everything, but not once did I uh, did you give me something to throw a party with? Like, you know, I didn't even have a small lamb to feast on. And the father essentially says like, well, your brother was dead and now he's alive again. Today is a day of rejoicing. But he also kind of says to the son, look, <laughs> if you didn't have a party, that's your fault. Like, yeah, everything I have is yours. Yeah, he's like, everything I've had, like you've always been with me. You've had mm -hmm. access to everything. Mm -hmm. And so he, I think that's kind of where we can be sometimes is we're really more, uh, 
of the brother sometimes where we think, well, you know, I've, I've put in the work, Lord. Like, I don't understand why I'm not receiving your blessings. And, uh, and so we can kind of get this image in our head of being a disciple means uh, in order to receive God's blessings, I have to put in the work. Yeah. And that's partly true. Like the more that we live within the spirit, the more that the fruit of the spirit comes from living in discipleship. But the reality is the truth is that we don't deserve anything. Yeah. It's freely given to us. And it's, that's, uh, I don't know about the American culture, but that's at least very prominent, predominant in the Hispanic culture. Like you have to work hard in order to, you know, earn what you have now, you know, and you will see it in a lot of people, you know, we have these, you have, you go to college because I work hard enough to, you know, to give you these, you know, so, uh, we've been, I guess we grew up with this culture of, if you want to get something, you need to work really hard. Yeah. You need to earn it. And kind of to Ben's point, I, in our culture, you know, like birthdays, we receive gifts at our birthday. The only reason we receive gifts at our birthday is by the simple fact that we are still existing on this earth. Like that's <laughs> all that we've done to deserve the gift <laughs> is we just haven't died from the last so time I've we had a birthday. For 38 years now. Uh. Right. And so, but that's just a, that's an acceptance that we have. Like, oh yeah, it's my birthday. Like I get gifts. Mm-hmm. I deserve Why? a gift. Well, I deserve a gift. Why? Because I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. And, and so <laughs> if we accept that, I don't un- Sometimes it's kind of baffling why we would think that this is a hard topic too, but it, 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 but it is because it's, we can't fathom the creator of the universe paying attention to us. Yeah. And yeah. just being one person. You know, what's really cool that just popped into my mind is that, and I hope I articulate this correctly and help me if, um, you can if I start to stumble on it, but the prodigal son story um, parallels with the story of Cain and Abel mm-hmm. in an interesting way because oh. when we see Cain and Abel's relationship, um, it, these stories help reveal what is really truly in our heart um, when we're looking towards the other person. And so, like in for instance, Cain and Abel's situation. Cain's working hard and he thinks he's doing all the right things and he's trying to earn or whatever, um, you know, to make God happy to, to bring him the best or not so much the best of his offering that he can. Whereas Abel brings him the first fruits of his work, right, as an offering. Um, but what comes out of that is that Cain is jealous of Abel for, for pleasing God more, right? Mm-hmm. But with the prodigal son... There's still jealousy there. Yeah. And it's not about offering this time. It's about um, the father rejoicing that a lost son has come back to him. So I think what those stories tell us is that it really reveals where our hearts are in regard to um, the like when other people are shown love and mercy in our own lives. Like, are we actually happy for those people? Or do we show bitterness because maybe we feel like for some reason we deserve more than another person or, uh, well, it, or we've worked harder than another person? Well, there's person another parable or, that Jesus say about mm-hmm. the workers in the field. You mm-hmm. know, the ones that started early in the morning, the ones that started at noon, yeah, yeah, the yeah, ones yeah. That, start, that started like in the evening mm-hmm. and all of them got paid the same amount. But uh, the ones that were working longer were mad. 
Exactly. Right. We worked the full day and you paid us the same. <laughs> what the, <laughs> basically, what the heck, man? <laughs> and, and basically, he says, uh, I'll do whatever I want to do. With my money? <laughs> yeah. With my money. <laughs> Leave my me money. alone. My money to give away. He's like, yeah. do, do you feel that I've cheated you? I told you that we would yeah, you right. work this whole day for this <laughs> amount. And, you know, that reminds me, too, uh, whenever, speaking about forgiveness, when Jesus is somehow forgiven Peter, uh, Simon Peter, After denying him, and he's like, uh, "Do you love me, Feed Simon? Me. Do you love me, Simon? Do you love me?" And he says, "Yeah, whatever. Okay, well, you used to be this and this and this. Now follow me, whatever, or feed my sheep." Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then Peter says, "Hey, but what about John? Like, already so jealous, bro. Like, hey, I'm, he's your beloved disciple. Everybody knows it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, he's in this state of forgiveness, like right away, and he's really like." And five seconds later, he's just turning at John and like, what about hey, him? <laughs> because he started chasing Jesus too. And he's like, hey, what about him? Is he following? Is he coming too? Yeah. And Jesus said, whatever I want to do, it's, it's nana. None of your business. Nana. Yeah, nana. so. Nanya. <laughs> that's that's a word for word translation there. Jesus went, nanya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it just really reveals to us how easily we can become jealous or envious of because we would just want to be special right and we don't know that we are already special mm. you know mm. uh but we're always trying to be more and more more than that more than everyone else i guess to stand out or whatever it might be yeah yeah hmm. and, and you know i think a lot of uh people can look at catholics and i think even catholics can look at themselves and and see that we we have a lot of um This is not true, but people will see it as extra stuff or fluff, mm -hmm. right? But that's not true. Like the things that we do is because it's produced out of our love for Jesus that we give more back to him. But if we don't have that relationship, we don't understand the unconditional love of our Lord, then all of those things that we do seem extra mm -hmm. or like fluff that, that aren't necessary, but they're totally necessary because if... You know, if you have ever been in love with someone, you'll do anything for that, right? Um, you know, Ben, uh, you have kids, I have kids, and now as a father, I really understand more deeply how much of a sacrifice it was for God the Father to give up Jesus. You know, I could look at my son, Lucas, mm -hmm. and I just think, how could I ever give you up mm -hmm. for that? And just the, the sacrifice that comes with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the example of Abraham to us and having trust in God yeah. and all those things because he was put to the test as well with Isaac. So, yeah, we there, there's a lot that goes into this undeserved love. Um, we we have to we have to fight this kind of struggle within ourselves to understand that the love we receive from God is unconditional. We can't earn it. We don't have to be better than someone else to have it, but we do have to pay attention and, and, and strive to be with the, with our God as, as he so, you know, wants us to be, we, we can't just, you know, go, go about living our lives and, um, you know, just kind of carelessly, uh, thinking, well, you know, God's always going to be there for me. I can, I can kind of just live how I want to. Um, no, that's that's not how we should be living as disciples of Jesus. I can speak uh, from experience. If that is your life, like that, God will 
God will put himself in your life to do everything he can to correct that. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, that it's that is kind of one of the requisites uh, for us to receive the love, you know, to be undeserved. Um, and, and, you know, if you listen to the last episode, I said at, at the end of the episode, uh, the word hesed, uh, that actually it's spelled uh, chesed, I guess, like chess or something. But pronounced with a with a shit something like that. I don't know. I don't know Hebrew. Uh, I barely know English. Come on. <laughs> but anyways, so I looked it up, and this is uh, the love that we do not deserve. That we deserve the less in our lowest moment, when whenever we think, "Oh my gosh, I'm so unworthy. I don't think I will ever receive not whatever." That is the perfect moment for God to show his hesed, to his merc- uh, merciful love and undeserved. And Bible Brad, if you can help us, since you have the title of Bible Brad, before we continue to something else. Okay. Uh, if you can give us a PG-13 version of the story of Hosea. Oh, Hosea. Okay. So, yeah. so, so people can be, because sure. this word is, appears a lot in, in, in that book. Okay. So the book of Hosea, Hosea is a minor prophet. Uh, he lived in, I think it's Jerusalem. I think he's in the southern kingdom. I can't remember, but it might be the northern. Anyway, so this is about the time right before the exile period. And the big issue with the Israelites and with those in, in Judah is they're struggling with idols, that they are going through the motions essentially, that they will put the work in, but there's no heart behind it. And so what God is trying to do is uh, purge them of this idol worship. So he chooses Hosea to be his prophet to demonstrate his great love. So he instructs Hosea, uh, go marry this prostitute Gomer, and your relationship with her is going to be uh, an analogy or an allegory for my relationship with my people. And my people is going to represent Gomer because they keep coming away from me. They're going to other idols. They're worshiping other gods. And um, so Hosea does this. And so he um, has children through Gomer, but then Gomer is also still engaging in her, uh, for lack of a better term, occupation. And so she's not faithful Faithlessness. Yeah, she's faithless, and but um, Hosea is still faithful to her despite her faithlessness. And so the that whole image of that's how God loves us is, you know, Gomer doesn't deserve the love that Hosea is giving her because she's not being faithful to the, the vows. Well, we can be like that. We can leave God, and we are not faithful to... Uh, our, our vows that we take in baptism. Um, and, but God still loves us despite of that and comes after us. So that's really kind of the, the story of Hosea. It's yeah. just that, that allegory. Exactly. And, and that's one, um, I heard that the most times the word hesed appears in that story. Uh, it appears in, you know, throughout the gospels and Psalms and other books, but in that story, it's when it appears uh, the most because that's when God is trying to show us, you know, that that's the way his love is. It's undeserved for you. There's nothing that you can do to earn it. It's a gift. Uh, and it has to be undeserved 
for um so whenever you you know whatever you do you're feeling like oh my gosh i'm such a sinner i did something very wrong whatever i do not deserve um god's love or something that is actually the sin against the holy spirit somehow uh you're you're not trusting uh it's kind of this false humility and it's yeah it's a, it's a form of pride really but it, it we can trick ourselves into thinking that we're being humble so exactly I, I was told that humility isn't thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less that's c.s lewis is it C.S. Lewis? yeah father mike just said it in a homily okay. two weeks ago uh-huh. yes well, I didn't, I didn't see that homily. So I guess another Holy Spirit thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's his, Louis. Thinking uh, of yourself. Bless. Yeah, but, but it's, I mean, it, it is so true. You know, whenever you feel that way, that is when you have to go the most to God. You know, return to Jesus, go to confession, uh, make uh, penance. And, and, and it's not um, a reason for you to get far away from the Lord. Like, oh, I'm so unworthy. I'm whatever. I don't I don't deserve to go to church anymore. I do not deserve to go to my class, to the live team or whatever, you know? I, uh, no, that's when you need it the most. That's when you have to I go. Actually, I actually have a kind of a story to tell uh, on this topic. I remember Christmas. It was around Christmas time. And for whatever reason, I just felt really ashamed. Um, I was I was struggling uh, with certain sins at this time. I think I was sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. And every time I walked downstairs, our stockings were hanging uh, over the fireplace. And I just felt so unworthy of any gifts that year. So I kept taking my stocking and I would stuff it under the couch cushion. Mm. Well, my stocking was kind of thick, so anytime somebody sat on the couch, they realized it was there. And my mom noticed that I kept doing this because I would, she'd put it back up, and then I'd take it and I'd stuff it down again. And finally, she comes to me and she says, "Bradley, why do you keep taking your stocking and and hiding it?" I said, "Mom, I just don't feel that I should deserve any gifts this year." And she said, "Why?" And I said, "I don't know. I just..." I don't feel like I've been praying enough. I don't feel like I've been uh, loving enough to my sister, to you guys. I just feel so bad. And she told me, like, well, okay, then we can make an effort to change that. But despite your how you feel that you've been treating us, we're still going to celebrate because, you know, Christmas isn't about how good you've been or how bad you've been. It's about Jesus coming and that in spite of being good or being bad, we still have a savior. And so that was kind of really one of the first times as a kid that I understood God's love. And I still really struggled with that years and years and years. Sometimes I I still do, but really there was a time when I was, I think 23 and I might've told this story before, but I was in the chapel and I was just praying and I just was so down and I just kept wrestling with this topic of like, God, how could you love me? How could you t- possibly keep blessing me when I don't serve you well? And I sat in the chapel for a while and I felt God speak to me in my heart. And I just heard him say, my son, you don't believe you're worthy of my love, do you? And I said, no. I don't like I'm 
I can't do all the right things. And uh, he said, the simple fact that you exist, that you breathe air, means that you're worthy of my love. Mm. And I said, there's nothing you can do to change that. So I walked away really with this new perspective of my relationship with Christ. And uh, I, I tell this to our, our youth all the time that, you know, you're worthy of God's love by the simple fact that you exist. And you exist because you are loved. And that, that's such a simple truth, but that's a really hard one for us to wrap our heads around. Well, it makes <laughs> sense to me. <laughs> we have kids. Yeah. Because we share a certain type of love with our wives, you know. Right. Um, I can imagine, and, you know, it's been said and it's taught to us that you know the trinitarian love is is one of it can be you know well i keep on backing away from my it can be one portrayed as like a sort of marital love right Mm -hmm. where from this relationship springs new life and it's the same with the marital relationship from that love comes new life and because god loves us so intensely we are here we are in, within the this existence. And, and even so, if there is a relationship that life has produced that had no love intended in the act, the fact that a person was created out of that still comes from the fact that th- that individual is loved, even if maybe not by their parents, but by God. Because mm-hmm. as John says in four, 1 John 4, 18, like, God is love. Like that is his nature. What you just said, it reminds me of, I think it's Isaiah. Isaiah 40-something. Um, Ten chapters to work with there. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> just kidding. It says, even if your mother abandons you. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you know the exact uh, verse, but even if your mother abandons you, I will never, never abandon you. Yeah. So that, you know, God is making this difference between the human and divine love. You know, mm-hmm. even if your father, your mother that raised you, that loved you, that saw you when you were a kid, uh, that you have and, and share this special relationship and connection blood, you know, uh, even if they fail you, if they do not love you enough. I will never, never, ever abandon you. I will keep loving you, you know. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of like a high thunder for some people, you know, to, wow, my family loved me so much, whatever. And I think that's hard, too, uh, to also wrap our head around because so many times we get into relationships, uh, particularly romantic relationships, and you'll have one person like Jose and Gomer that is really, really faithful, and then just that other person just doesn't want to be in the relationship. And... Uh, and that can be kind of hard to to really understand. So, like our our love though is not conditional on the other person giving us that love in return. And and again, that can be kind of hard too because like, oh, I love this person so much. Like, why don't they want a relationship with me? And we can kind of become obsessed with that and begin to have this view of love that it. Uh, of course, it's reciprocal, but that if it's not reciprocal, then that no love can exist. But that's our Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. His love for us exists whether we love Him back or not. Mm -hmm. 
So to you teens out there who maybe are struggling with this right now, like I feel like I don't deserve to be loved by God, um, by anyone because of what I'm involved in or what I'm doing or, you know, how can I wrap around my head that God does love me even when I do these things? Um, we hope that you take these conversations that we've had today and um, take take something from them so that you can uh, use it in your life to be encouraged that you are loved by a God who is for you, who will never leave you, who will never abandon you, who wants your happiness, who wants um, the best for you in your life. Um, so let's just pray as we close out this episode. Are we closing already? Yes. All right. It's time to go, man. Yeah. I mean, well, I just... Can I just say one last Mr. Story? Rogers' Neighborhood was well, only there. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I, I mean, I just want to say something because this special love that we receive mm-hmm. has two sides, you know, the receiver and the giver. then, then we, we become givers. Mm-hmm. And that's the second part of, you know, when we receive this gift, it's not only for us to keep to, keep to, to ourselves. Keep give it. We need to give it back. Um, and I just want to say uh, the parable that Jesus, you know, taught in in the gospel about this king. And I'll probably say it in a, in a more common way for you all to understand it. So there was this guy that um, he was, uh, let's say, the king of Denton. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this one other guy. Let's say his name was uh, Chad. Chad. Yeah, Chad. And he owe him money. You know, let's say he owe him probably $1 million to the king. $1 million. <laughs> so the king uh, calls him and say, hey, you know, you are arrested. You are going to jail because you owe me $1 million. All right. Well, we, well he was not a ride. Uh, he was pretty sad. But then he was like, no, please forgive me. I'll, I'll try to pay you back, whatever, whatever. And then the king says, all right. I'm going to forgive you your debt. You're free to go. You don't owe me anymore. You're free. So this guy, uh, what was his name? Chad. Mm-hmm. Chad. He, he was so happy, man. He was so happy that he, then, you know, he's on the street. He went to the square uh, to get an ice cream. And then he found his compadre. His compadre. What's the name of the compadre, man? Let's say. Friend. The friend, yeah. Pepe. Pepe, okay. <laughs> he found his friend Pepe. Hey, Pepe, how's it going, man? Good. I just, you know, I just, the king just forgave me this debt. And he was like, oh, speed of which, he owe me 100 bucks. Pay me. I'm like, oh, brother, you know, it's, it's, it's Tuesday, whatever. I don't have the money right now. They don't pay me until Saturday. I don't care, man. I, you know, you need to pay me. And then he forced his compadre, Pepe, to pay him. And then uh, the king, you know, hears of it, hears of this. And he's like, what is wrong with you? I mean, I just forgave you like a million, you know, thousand dollar debt. And then you just meet your friend and you send him to jail just because. Such a Chad. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Chad was, come on. He was wild. Uh, So he sends him to jail, whatever. So anyways, that's a very... uh, so Chad doesn't give the same mercy to his friend Pepe yes, that exactly. he received from the king. So, anyways, that the lesson that Jesus, you know, tries to 
gave us on this parable is that we receive this forgiveness. We receive, and, and it can apply for everything. We can apply it for forgiveness, merciful, love, uh, I mean, mercy, love, uh, blessings, gratitude, whatever. And it's our duty to give it back to others the way God loved us in, a, in an undeserved way. Then it, we ought to uh, love the others in a very undeserved way, you know, and you might struggle a lot with that, you know, oh man, this person, I don't know, whoever is just making me so uh, frustrated or making me go crazy. Well, that's whenever they have to be more loved. You know, it's it's a two-side road. Um, yeah, you receive, is, you give. Yeah, St. Paul says, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. <laughs> so Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just like that. Um, and, yeah, just like you said, it, when, whenever Paul says, like, Lord, I have this, um, what is the word? Oh, shoot, I, for, I forgot the word, but it's this thorn in my side thorn yeah oh yes that's yeah yeah the preface of of that uh, verse i have this thorn i already asked you three times don't worry whenever you're weak is when i more the most i love you whatever uh -huh. so anyways i was just wanted to mention that this underserved love is not only for us to like understand it and you know navigate around it and oh wow i'm so undeserved lo deservedly loved and whatever no 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 it doesn't end there then you have to apply it in your own life then you have to go and and give it to your parents to your brother siblings to your girlfriend boyfriend you know and people even that you don't know you have to you're kind of going back to the, uh, to wrap it all the way back to the prodigal son, even though the story itself stops at the prodigal son and, and his brother, if you think logically, you know, now the son has been received back, like he still has to live with his parents. He still has to live with his dad and his brother. And, and so, uh, you know, now he has the, the freedom to live within that love and to give that love back to his dad every single day by having this new perspective of uh, maybe loving his brother in a different way. And so, um, you know, even though Jesus doesn't go into that, if you think logically through that story and continue beyond what Jesus was talking about, that would be the reality that the brother uh, and the son and the father all have to face is, okay, now this event happened. How do we go forward from there? So there's a lot to think about from what we've talked on and today and Again, we just encourage you all to not feel so discouraged of the love that you feel like you have or lack thereof, don't have. Just remember that God is always here with you, always loves you, won't abandon you. And um, we'll show you love no matter what you do. So come back to him uh, through his mercy. Seek the sacrament of reconciliation and um, be reconciled with him so that you are more able to share the love that he gives you. So let's close out in prayer today. Uh, I'll do that. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you and are so grateful for the merciful love you show us, uh, even though we are undeserving of it. We ask, Lord, that you fill us with grace. Bless us as we go about our days um, and help us to seek those people who maybe feel that they are abandoned in some way. Help us to seek those people that need um, more grace in their life, uh, more unconditional love and help us to reveal your love through our actions through our words and through the counseling that we can provide 
by our presence and by paying attention to those that need it. And all these things we pray in your holy name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks all for listening today, and we will um, be back with you very soon with a new episode in the coming weeks. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Also, there's an option, in I think, in Spotify to rate the show. Please give us five stars. <laughs> it, it, I'm saying it because that way it can be uh, spread out, spread more. out more. You know, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, anyway, just just know. love us, even though we don't deserve five stars. <laughs> you go ahead and give us five Exact stars. <laughs> great analogy. Good job. Yeah, honestly, we just started this topic to tell you to give us five stars. Yeah, that was the was only reason. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you have a good week, um, and God bless you. God bless.